Hey all my beautiful Positive Spark Plug listeners, before we get diving into this incredible episode, I just really wanted to share with you guys a very exciting thing that has been going on with me and that is in the last little bit I have really been diving deep into my purpose, into my why and into my reason and within doing so a eight-week self-discovery online mastermind course has come to life and I'm so pumped and fired up about this. I cannot wait to get this value out there to start really building a community of like-minded individuals who are really looking to overfill their cup so that they have the power and the courage to understand that what is in their cup is for them to keep and what is overflowing is for them to give, share, and serve others with. This course Um, is truly for you. It is all about learning how to keep your full, uh, your cup full so that you don't feel drained, so that you don't feel empty. And really just a way of really just building yourself up and creating yourself to be 1% better every single day, creating a life to be better 1% every single day. There's just so much to this course i'm so fired up for it if you are interested please email me at axford-c at hotmail.ca that is axford-c at hotmail.ca a-x-f-o-r-d-c at hotmail.ca Thank you guys so very much. I cannot wait uh, for this course to start. It starts September 6th, and I hope to see you guys there. Now let's get to the episode. It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candice, and I'm so pumped to be delivering you guys an episode with my good friend, Joseph Cervati. In this episode, Joseph shares his truly inspiring story of how he has become mindfully resilient. He takes us back to the school days where he worked through bullying, where he uh, first learned about depression, anxiety, anger management, and how he has worked through it and how he overcomes uh, those times uh, where it feels like it's taking over his life and how he utilizes it to to transform it into positive energy and, and service to others. We discuss leadership. He shares with us what it means to be a leader, how to be a leader, and he gives us a story that is truly touching of a time that he met one of his great leaders and mentors, Todd Durkin, and he really just lets us in on a very touching, moving moment that truly changed his life and and transformed him as a person and really was a pivoting point for him to really skyrocket all that he has been doing in the last couple of years and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this story to to get to know Joseph and um, because Joseph and I are so so crazy and so fired up about Todd Durkin and all that he is as a leader and and what he does to provide for his mind right maniacs and his fire breathing dragons. We have decided that we are going to do a giveaway. Now this is the first ever giveaway and I'm so pumped because it is Todd Durkin's newest book, Get Your Mind Right. So, if you guys would like to win, there's a couple things that you have to do. One, you have to listen to part one, and you have to remember the place that Joseph and I meet. So, where do Joseph and I meet? Second, you have to tag Joseph and I on Instagram or Facebook. 
So Instagram, it is at Sparkplug Wellness or at Coach Papa Joseph. And Facebook, it's Candace Axford and Joseph Savady. Sec, uh, third is when part two comes out, you're going to need to listen in and follow the instructions for what you need to tune into for part two. And that will come out on Wednesday, the 12th. And fourth and finally, share this episode with a friend and let us know who you shared it with by tagging it either on Facebook or on Instagram. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It is a two-parter. This is part one. Part two comes out on the 12th. I'm so excited. Let's get to it. Hey, Joseph, how are you? Hey, Candice, I am doing fantastic. How about you? I am excellent. I am so excited to have uh, you on the podcast because your story um, is truly one that I believe is going to resonate with a lot of people. It's one of resilience. It's one of true uh, personal growth, and it's really inspiring. So I wanted to get that out to my listeners and uh, let them hear a good friend of mine and uh, his awesome story. So thank you so much for joining me. Well, of course, the honor is all mine. I mean, I don't know um, if you were able to catch the trailer episode, the trailer episode of my podcast, the Mindfully Resilient Podcast, a little shameless plug there. I actually dropped your name uh, in that, in a list of insp- uh, people who have inspired me to create my own podcast. And and you fall in the list of people uh, like Todd Durkin, Jeremy Scott, Dewar, and at the time, I also put Shailene Johnson and Brenda Bouchard. Those were people I was listening to on my playlist. But the main people now, you know, I listen to you and uh, Todd and uh, who else? Oh, yeah. And um, J- Jeremy Scott Fitness. I mean, anyway, whatever I can do for personal growth. So it's uh, finally, I mean, all this time, it's great to be on your show. And uh, thank you for the inspiration to start my own podcast, approaching episode 27 next week. Oh, wow. That's exciting. I am, for one, I'm so excited that you started the podcast. You have done tremendous things with it. Um, and I'm honored that you, uh, for one, count me as an inspiration to have started it, but to even just put me in a list um, of those incredible leaders um, is, is thank you. That's, uh, that's, that's heartfelt. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, I'm excited to dive in. Um, so right now, since uh, the pandemic started, I wanted to kind of just start having fun with my, my guests a little bit before we dive into maybe some serious questions. So my first question has started to be, what is your three favorite emojis or the three emojis that best describe you and why? Oh, I could, <laughs> for some reason, the first three that popped in my head. We're talking about emojis, right? Emojis on yes. the phone? Yeah? Yes. All right. Okay. The flame, the dragon, and the Canadian flag. For some reason, those are the three that pop up. The other three I've been using a lot were the gratitude hands and yeah. smile. That's what I've been using. But I think the one I like to use the most are the flame, the dragon, and the Canadian flag. Why? Because I'm a Canadian mind right maniac. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. And we'll definitely dive into a little bit more of that detail as we go into your story, I'm sure of. Um, I want my my listeners to get a little bit more about who you are. So can you tell me a little bit of your beginning story before you got into the fitness industry. Before I got into the fitness industry. Wow. I mean, you know what? (laughs) To give your listeners a sense of the journey, I'm going to go back way back into my childhood, way back. Uh, Now, um, I don't want to date myself (laughs) just yet, but um, I'm not shy of it. I mean, it's, it's fine, but, I 
I lived a life, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I lived a horrible life. I lived a great life. I mean, I'm living a great life, you know, but my childhood, I was lucky. We lived, uh, I lived well. I lived in a nice, you know, in a home with a, my, a wonderful family who raised me, who helped me with my education. Um, you know, that was fun, but there was stuff that I was dealing with. And the top three were depression temper or anger management, and anxiety. Now, back in the day, so we're going back into the 90s, 80, okay, forget about the 80s, <laughs> going to the 90s, you know, when I started going into my teenage years, okay, yeah. and that's where I think for a lot of people, when you're going through your teens, that's where you start discovering yourself in a sense of who you are. Yes. And, but at the same time, you're kind of defending yourself. You're you're trying to navigate these waters full of sharks, and the, the sharks are people though, or are the people who would put you down, or the events that would make you feel worthless. And um, you know, I had some good friends, but I, there were moments where I didn't feel like I belonged. And I can remember a time where. I really know, but even like in grade 11, so I, I grew up in Montreal, so we had the Quebec high school system went from grade 7 to grade 11, and then you went off to oh. a pre-university program, which is called CJEP, uh, um, and um, I remember when I was in my senior year, uh, I was, at lunchtime, I would, I would uh, grab a book and just read on my own. You know, I, I, there was no, I don't think it was an interest on my part, but even no interest in other people, including me. Uh, in their activities, I, um, you know, I, I guess I was always the um, the odd one out. I mean, I even joining this school, I was uh, since elementary in this same school, and uh, it's a private school. And from grade two, I was always considered as an outcast. I mean, not an outcast per se, but singled out because of my height. Because oh. of my height, I was tall. I was the tallest kid in my class. Um, I remember a story where in grade two, gosh. You know how memories, how events happen in your life and they just, they're kind of burnt into your mind? Yep, they stick. This is, oh, yeah. This is one of them where I was, we're reading a book about dinosaurs or a story about dinosaurs. I was new to this class. Okay, we're talking about maybe a couple of months in. Yeah. And we talk about the Tyrannosaurus Rex, a T-Rex. And everybody says, ah, that's Joseph. Yeah. But what I remember is a teacher said, don't worry about them. They're all short. <laughs> she tried to defend me. They're just jealous. They told me, they're just jealous of you. But just to give you that idea of what kind of environment I was in for 10 years, I'll say grade two. I can't do math right now. You know, from grade two to grade, to grade 11. Yeah. That kind of environment. When I got into high school, you know, I, I, because of my height, and here's the benefit of that, I got onto the basketball team. I wasn't really good at basketball, but that was an opportunity to get on a team and practice and practice and practice, where I ended up playing AAA basketball and even tried out for uh, the Jewish national team. Wow. So, and I made it to the final cut, didn't make it, but it was still a great experience. And, but, you know, so those moments, uh, so I can highlight. Those moments in my life, in my years, those were fun about playing basketball. And I'm going to come back to that later on. But every day I felt like, you know, I was, I was alone, even though if I felt not authentic or I felt I was being wholehearted, like or I felt like I belonged, I wasn't necessarily not uh, fully wholehearted, actually. I felt I was kind of masking my true self. Right? Now, yeah. fast forward. This is my mindset. This is my mindset. Yep. Depression, low on resilience tank. Can't manage my emotions. Um, I even remember seeing a therapist when I was like 20, and that totally failed. Because she told me to go volunteer. That's what would have volunteering helps everything, which it does. It's great. The volunteering, by the way, yeah. I recommend everybody should volunteer their time whenever they can. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I think if it weren't for this volunteering, I wouldn't have met Suzanne, my wife, because there was a year where I was 
okay, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. And then I volunteered for this organization uh, at a back to school event on a university campus. And that's where I met, I met her. And then I stalked her for eight months. You know, I was like, no, we were friends for a while. And then, uh, and then we progressed our relationship further. And 15 years, da- 15 years later, married two beautiful children. Uh, so that's the story. But, um, I was, I think I was really struggling. And throughout that time in my teenage years, all 17, 18, I would lose my temper. Even on bas- in, a ba- in a basketball tournament, I lost my temper to the point where I pulled off my jersey and screamed at the refs. I was wow. like, I said, where are those effing refs? Um, because it was like two point, it were two seconds or three seconds down. I get the ball and I was on fire at the free throw line. So I take the shot. Someone slaps my hand. The whole court heard it. They didn't call the, the foul. I w- it would have given me two shots. Yep. To ultimately win the game. That didn't happen. However, <laughs> I was called up as an all-star for the tournament, which was kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, there was a few holes in the walls back in the day. And I'm not proud of it. I did punch, uh, and we've all been through there. We had that urge, but I let the urge to punch a hole through a wall happen a couple of times, more times than I like to admit. And, um, you know, kind of, that and as I grew up, as I um, went through university, I still felt that I still felt like I couldn't manage my emotions, I couldn't work with them. Um, you know, I got married, and to the point where the emotions started taking effect, you know, really affecting yeah. our relation, my relationship with uh, Suzanne. And you know, I started seeing a therapist from then on. But then, what I feel, and I think this is where it's going to start turning into your and the answer to your question or kind of is that I went into a conference where I met somebody who shed some light on resilience and we know him as Sergeant Ken. Yes. Right? Sergeant First Class Ken Weikert. And it all started from there. I mean, I was always into fitness prior yeah. to that. Did my best, uh, you know, since I was 17, I got my gym membership, went to work out, but didn't work out, you know, did exercise based on what I knew, worked out some of the personal trainers there. But through that experience, I'm able to define my style as a personal trainer, what to do and what not to do. Yes. And what to avoid. And, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's not who I was. You know, I mean, I wasn't, a, uh, you know, always losing my temper, but I think, to feel like I belong to I feel uh, in control. It's Matt. It's, it's the ability to, that's what I was missing was the strength, the resilience, the knowledge of resilience to turn challenges to opportunities. I always saw challenges as a, Oh gosh, why me? Yeah. Turn into why me? Why is this happening? Um, so that's, so that's it. And, that, and so before the fitness, before I became a fitness professional, that's yeah. what I did. I was a business analyst. I was working the office job. For what, 15 years? I mean, I was an IT recruiter for three years. Uh, and then I moved into, uh, business analysis, IT. That's what I studied to become. I studied to be, become that. Actually, my first choice in university was to go to the university was exercise science. But then I, I failed a course. I wanted to be a dentist, but I failed a course in CJEP and it kind of delayed everything. And then I realized, you know what? I like computers more. So I went into computers. So I ended up Whoa. changing that. Um, so yeah, but then I'm, I'm back in, I, I, I did a full circle back to fitness. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, no. So that's, and, and, you know, and I worked as an analyst, a business analyst for, with two companies, uh, for 10 years after that. So, um, so yeah, that's me before fitness. Before fitness. I want to dive a little bit into that. Um, so I'm, it's going to go back and forth. So you went to the CanFit Pro Conference. That's where I met you, was yeah. at CanFit with Sergeant Ken. Was it, was it our certification course? I'm trying to, I was trying to think back. Like, when did we meet? Cause I knew this question was going to come up. I'm like, when did we meet? Was it like the, the first, the level one course with Ken or was it like, I think it was a level two. Yes, level two at CanFit. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was level two. And we just knew of each other through Ken's post because he kept on sharing stuff. He tag, you know, he was tagging everybody. So I'm like, oh, who's this Candace? Or I see your comments. And, uh, yeah, that's so. And then we officially met in level two. And then we, we became the platoon sergeants of our yes. groups, right? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you meet Sergeant Ken. Um, you get connected to him. He is truly a man of inspiration and, and leadership. Um, what was your next step? So once you got connected with him and you felt the, the fitness industry more as your own and what you wanted to do and what you shouldn't be doing, um, what were your next steps and, uh, how did you take that leap? Well, what was really interesting, I'm going to take a step back prior to the year I met Ken and you know, the story I shared it on a project hope. Okay. And, um, so my wife, uh, she was, she's a personal trainer, well, a personal training specialist, a group fitness instructor. She's been going to Campus Pro and AES and, and all those conferences. And, um, she, uh, one year, 2012, after the Campus Pro conference, she comes back home and she hands me a copy of GX United magazine. It's a group ex- exercise magazine. And it was an okay. article written by Sergeant Ken in there. And she says, you got to meet this guy. And, like, what do you mean? You know, like, like, cause she knew I was into anything military. Like, yeah. I, I was doing military simulation paintball. I mean, I had the full gear decked out from head to toe. Um, uh, any movies, you name it. So I was, um, so I said, sure, I'll take a look into it. You know, like, uh, so following year 2013, I attend one day, the Sunday. The conference, okay. and I started off with Sergeant Ken's boot camp at 7:30 in the morning outside the Steam Whistle Brewery, just outside the <laughs> Metro Toronto Convention Center, and I was in a big field. And um, it's funny because the cops came by, <laughs> saying they were too loud, and even Ken told me the story where the cops, even he told the cops, like, "Yeah, uh, the volume is off." That's what we're saying. So it's his voice I was projecting, anyways. <laughs> it was just the energy it was so amazing. The energy was amazing. And that's when I started to feel like I belonged somewhere. Because even though I, 20 minutes in, I was gassed. Like, I started, you know, I was drained. I was, my muscles were feeling out all over the place. I was feeling something else as well. I was feeling that connection. Um, so the class was done. And then I did other sessions throughout that day. And I attended, later that afternoon, his Road to Resilience workshop. By the way, that was 2013 was the first time I checked that out. And he did not present that again until last year at the conference 2019. And yes. when I attended, I attended it as a refresher. And I remember that it was a Saturday evening last year. And it was so nice because it just kind of brought things back, which was really wonderful. And so, um, but that lecture, it hit me, uh, deep. It hit me deep because, and I cried. I got misty eyed because I realized I wanted to be a better person. I wanted to make that effort. I wanted to be more in control because, uh, Suzanne was pregnant with our first at the time. And, um, and I'm looking down at her belly and like she was like eight months, eight months pregnant. Wow. So she was, um, doing any time. And so I'm like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta amp up my game now. I gotta be a better person and for it to be a, the best father and the best husband I can be. So. Yeah. So I, I, after that, I, um, I felt connected. And then for a year, Suzanne was like encouraging me to become a personal trainer. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'll do it. So in 2014, I became certified as a personal training instructor. The following year, I did the healthy eating and weight loss, uh, coaching certification course through Camp Fit Pro. And in between, I became a Liebert Fitness instructor, a Liebert Fitness master, master instructor. Nice. Um, yeah. And then, and then I noticed the people I was connecting with. So Ken was obviously, uh, is not was, but is my role model. Yeah. When it comes to fitness, he's one of them. And throughout the conferences, you meet so many, and you can attest to this, Candace, yes. you know, you meet so many awesome people and you, and you, and there's so many people that you can stay connected to afterwards. Yes. Right. And yep. so through that connection and, you know what's funny? I call it like the trainers, the presenters, the presenters who present these conferences. I consider them 
as our celebrities. These are celebrities. You get nervous. I mean, I remember I was approaching Todd Durkin and, and talking to him. I was like, boom, 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 boom. Or even, even Har- Harley Pastor now. And my job as a social media rep, as of when I was volunteering at the conferences, you know, going around, running, I have to talk to them. And I would be nervous. But that's how I met people like Todd. Eric, the trainer, Eric Fleischman, we were still connected. Um, Trisha Silverman, Lawrence Biscontini, uh, and just to, just to name a few. I mean, there's so many people like Kennedy Lotato as well. I mean, I could, the list goes on. And I met all these people high, really high up in the in the industry, in the fitness family. But that's how I get my inspiration. Yes. So using those as examples, and that's how I developed my style about what works for me, and it kind of organically happens. So then I became a senior, I became a tactical fitness instructor, uh, same time as you, you know, became yeah. level one and level two. And by the way, for your listeners, for your listeners, I just want to let you know that tactical fitness is boot camp. Tactical fitness is boot camp. Uh, the story we were told is that if you go to an army base and you say, yeah, I do some, I do boot camp exercises every week. They'll laugh at you because it's tactical fitness. <laughs> uh, that's the story. That's what I was told. That's what I was told. Uh, yeah. But I, I just started to so. But beyond the exercise, it started with Ken, with Todd, the way they the way they deliver their their instruct not just instruction, but the way they inspire you, the way they motivate you, the way they encourage you to to be yeah. a better version of yourself. That's what attracted me more. So when I coach now, I call it coaching beyond the reps because I'm not just there going one, two, three. And you know what? There are trainers out there, new trainers who do that. That's great. That's just to get your feet warm. But unfortunately, there's some trainers who have been in the industry for a long time, and I call them trainers for a reason, is because they're just standing there. And I've seen a few with their phones, scrolling on their phones while the people are doing their workouts rather than getting into the the dirt with them, you know, getting crouched down and saying, come on, let's go, let's go. We got feel it, you know, just trying to channel their energy. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be like that. So that's where I started creating that coaching lifestyle. So now I'm also a certified coach practitioner. I know this is a lot. I'm throwing a lot right now. So I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Keep bringing it. I hope they're tracking. I hope your listeners are tracking right now and are following. Um, At one point, I became a certified coach practitioner through the Certified Coaches Federation, and then a Certified Master Coach Practitioner, which is a way of, is a life life coaching certification or a mindset. I call it more mindset, goal setting. And um, I've gotten a lot of wisdom out of that, a lot of knowledge, and learned how to speak to people. And now when I speak to my coaches, my fellow coaches like Ken, Todd, Stephanie, Stephanie Weikert, and I listen to the way they speak, I can actually connect. Even with my therapist, yes. And I see a therapist regularly, once a week, um, because you always, you know, you, you, we train our muscles, we train the body, the biceps, the quads, the glutes, but we yeah. got to train the mind. And yes. sometimes we need to let it all out and need an objective opinion rather than a subjective from a family member. Um, so I built this thing where I'm just like, wow. Like I create this language and I understand what's going on. Okay, how to talk. And so when I talk to you, when I talk to my to the listeners on my podcast, how I phrase the words, create that connection, create that impact. Yeah. So like in a training today, I mean, last night, for example, in my tactical fit class, my tactical fit class is a small group on a training now held online because of uh, this thing we called COVID-19. I don't know what this is about, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to say... I go up to them as you are here, especially in the stretching and the stretching yes. session. And I say, just smile right now. Smile because you are leaving here a better version of yourself. The tactical fit creed that I established is you are, you may have started and ended this workout in this room, but you are leaving a different, better version of yourself. Nice. Leaving a different, better version of yourself. So, yeah, you may feel like, you know, you're a drain and you can't walk anymore. But after that, you feel great for having done it. You know, when you ask somebody to do a podcast interview, Candace, you know, you ask, uh, let's say, Ken or Stephanie or whoever. Yeah. And then they say yes. You know that oh, feeling? Man. It applies to anything. Working out. One of my principles uh, of resilience, be comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Yes. Look. 
It's uncomfortable doing a workout. It's uncomfortable approaching somebody to ask them a question if they want to join your podcast. But then the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And if they say no, well, it's, it's, it's fine. Move on to yep. the next. But yep. when you're working out, you're feeling that burn, take a rest and go back at it again. And you'll see you'll get stronger. Um, so that's where that everything, all that just created over time with the people I met just kind of like influenced the style I tra- uh, my style of training or the way I coach rather. Yep. I'm not, I, the word training, it's more like you're, it's more one, two, three, four. I mean, coaching, yep. we go deeper. Reminding yes. people why are they working out? The purpose yes. behind it. Yes, yes, yes. I want to, I want to bring up, um, belonging because you, you threw that word around a lot and I want, um, I want you to describe um, to you what true belonging means and how now, since you have felt it throughout the industry, um, how you are bringing that to all of the people that you are now connecting with as a coach yourself. Well, when you think about belonging, I mean, what is belonging? Is it Oh, I'm hanging out with friends or calling me up. Or is it like, okay, you could actually stay in silence with somebody and feel comfortable and still feel a connection. Yes. Um, or sweat and pant and be tortured in a boot camp class. One thing I encourage a lot of my, um, my athletes, my students in my tactical fit class. And I've said, even I were, I used to work at Orange Theory Fitness as well. And I would say this too, because there would be a mirror yeah. uh, in front. I would say, well, first of all, if you're looking in the mirror, the only person you're competing against is yourself. But in terms of belonging, when you are, how would I put it? <sighs> when you're in a group, yes. a lot of people look at other the other person and think to themselves, Wow, I, w- I want to be like that person. I want to, I got to compete against him. He's going harder than me. I want to go harder. And, you know, that's why sometimes when I see those boards, you know, the, what the heart rate monitor is like at an orange theory fitness, which is great to have. But then you see people's like, oh, he got X amount of splat points and they got X amount. I got to get reached that. They use that as more of I am not enough. That encourages the I am not enough mentality and it needs to push more rather than thinking, oh, I got to compete. I got to compete. You know, compete against yourself, not the other person, but use the other person as inspiration. So when my coaching in those group sessions and now and online, I say, (laughs) tell them online, okay, look at the squares around you. Use those people as inspiration. Each square is your inspiration, not your competition. And it happened last night. I did a crazy class yesterday and I said, look, you're going to go through the finish line. It was a 40, 20, 40 seconds of work, 20 seconds of rest. Guys, you have 10 seconds left. Look at your neighbor. Look at just the other squares. Get that energy from them. Go finish it up through that finish line. And that's what happened. It worked. So when I, when I create that belonging, I want to create that sense of community. And that's what my classes have done is created that sense of community. And it's amazing, uh, because people talk to each other and they catch up. Hey, how's it going? And the warm up, I kind of made it more lax when it was a one on one where, you know, we'd be in a circle and people like say, Oh, do it like a little banter. But I, yeah. I make sure they're, you know, they're paying attention. And then we get into the workout where there's no time for banter. Uh, but it's, that's what I, that's the mindset I kind of ingrained in them. And it's happening now and I get still online. And when I create that, um, the one-on-one coaching, it's not just, I want to create that relationship. How I'm trained with through Sergeant Ken is, uh, inform, impact, empower through connecting, re- building a rapport. And relationship building, all right? Yeah. So you create that relationship. I mean, obviously, it's it, there is a business aspect to it. We cannot forget that. But foster that relationship because your their mindset, what's going on in their lives yes. will affect the type of workout you're going to give them or how hard you're going to push them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. I like that. So you started... Um, you know, building your, your own brand and getting certifications throughout the fitness industry and coaching industry. 
How did these certifications and this journey help you um, work through uh, your depression, your anger, and some of your anxiety? I know those things just don't go away, so that's why I asked you, how have they um, helped you develop strategies to work through them um, now? Okay. Yeah. By the way, I apologize uh, if you hear kids in the background right now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, to all the training, all the all everything I've done in the past, um, it it changes. You make the effort. You have to make. First of all, you have to be willing to make the effort. Yes. Um, you know, attending Ken's Road to Resilience back in 2013 was the start. And then I met people like. Yeah, like Stephanie as well, who coached me. She was so even beyond certifications, the people I connected with. I did yeah. coaching with Stephanie uh Weikert as well. Amazing coach, by the way, as you know. And if you've read her book, everything I would have said, the person named Jacob in that book is me. Nice. And yeah. throughout our session, she has helped me uh with that last job, the, the last job before I became a full-time fitness professional, because I was part-time for since from 2014. Uh, until 2018, until my layoff, and then I decided to pursue it full time. And I have a great story behind that as well. But we'll get to that. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, so when she told me, she told me some things where, like, someone made me feel horrible, made yeah. me feel like I did something wrong, which was totally innocent. Giving someone a gift, someone marketing the marketing department is all floating swag and. There was a visitor from out of town, uh, one of our offshore developers. He was in uh, in, in our office, in our office, and Friday afternoon, and you know they're handing out stuff. I'm like, let's give it to this guy. My boss sees it. He goes, he shouldn't have done that, and walks by. Doesn't take a time to stop and slow down and tell me why I shouldn't have done that. I had to actually stop him. Yeah. Because you know, says, oh, because we didn't. Get, he's told me his response was because we didn't give it to his supervisors who were in and it kind of gives us a bad look and he says i'm gonna have to tell my boss so his like so his boss is you know his boss and i'm like really and then throughout the day i'm like am i in trouble is there something i don't know i don't know he couldn't give me an answer i'm like damn nothing happened nothing happened oh so you went through all that anxiety for nothing four days four days of depression i come in monday into work and i was like I didn't, I didn't want to, there was an event going on. We had something called a hackathon where we, we each, we had teams and yep. developers and analysts and we had an idea and we had to develop, do a rough development of this feature, software feature. I didn't want to participate until a VP took me aside and we talked and he was, I was close with him and he helped me get back into it. But for four days, Candace, four days, I was depressed. I didn't want to do anything. I felt worthless. Wow. Until Stephanie asked me, I had a meeting with Stephanie the following week, and she asked me, "Were you valued?" Because before every session, before before you, when you meet with Stephanie, she'll give you a questionnaire and ask you what your values are. And she asked me, "Have your values been uh, impacted? Have they been affected?" I said, "No." So, so pretty much, she said, "Move on. Don't worry about it now. Release it." Because. Only when, only when you feel your values are impacted. So if your values are like char- uh, be, are charity, honesty, uh, leadership, if something in a company forces you to change that, you're not meant to be in that company. But if you can focus on keeping that solid, yeah, you know, keeping it intact, you're, you know, you're good, you're strong, you're resilient to events like that. And what happened through my time, through my journey, I applied what I learned. I wanted to be a leader. So through the, we did a master leadership mastermind with Ken and Stephanie based on the teachings of John C. Maxwell from his book, Intentional Living, Choosing a Life, as a, uh, choosing a life That Matters. Um, and so I applied that leadership skills. I, and she even hint, uh, encouraged me to apply my talents and skills in my day-to-day job so I could still feel satisfied and fulfilled that I'm living on my purpose rather than leaving my job or and risking financial burden or being in a job that's completely miserable, that third option, which is chapter four of her book, I utilized everything. I even um, spearheaded the wellness month of the, at the company. Oh, there you go. So we led boot camp. I, I led some mindset coaching sessions. I even um, 
you know, people knew me as the fitness guy. So they'd come and see me, ask me, what if I did this? Or what do you think of this? And I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I've coached them, but, I've, but I even mentor people, people who are other business analysts, but more junior than me, I would coach them. I would coach them into, uh, or just mentor them. And that's how I put that into my day-to-day job. I was, I was doing fitness part-time, right? I was doing uh, going to people's homes, training them out of their homes. Um, so I was able to utilize that lesson. And in my coaching sessions now, and like it's a journey. And I'll say since 2018, there's been a huge change. There's been a huge change in my journey. Um, for example, even last, recently, there would be nights where I go home, I'll be in bed, like after a long day, you know, COVID-19. Yep. We find ourselves more busy than ever because we're trying to uh, work, 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 trying to make ends meet or thinking that if we did this, this is going to help. Yeah. I'm doing it right now like as to build my brand. So I'm like working on the website, the social media, podcast episodes, writing out the scripts, the outlines, planning my classes. So you got all that plus being with the kids, plus being all that. So by the time I'm done, it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm getting ready for bed. And I have this feeling of loneliness where you feel lonely, where it's like, wow, like, I don't know what to do. But then I remind myself, hold on a sec, take, take a step back, acknowledge the thought, the emotion of loneliness. Yeah. And understand why is it there? Why is it present? Why is it knocking at your door? Yes. And then I say, then I say to myself, Joseph, you're tired. Go to bed. I'll be better the next day. And that's what it is most of the time. I find that when we are more depressed, the most depressed is when we're tired. Because, and you know, it's the same thing. When we're tired physically, we can't lift up that, you can't lift as heavy as we would or push as hard as we yep. usually would. Same thing comes with the, goes with the mindset, with the emotion. When we're tired, our brains don't feel like functioning. Heck, it, it's even hard stringing a couple of sentences together when you're exhausted. I mean, I speak French and sometimes when I speak French and I'm tired, <laughs> the words don't come out. Even English, the words don't come out. It sounds like I'm speaking some kind of weird language, but you know what I mean? So this, this is the training that comes in and even the habits, you know, being mentored by Todd Durkin, even reading his book, get your mind right. And I feel like yes. I'm plugging a lot of things in this episode in your podcast today, but oh, yeah. you've, read, you've read, get your mind right. You've yes. read it. There's one thing in that, that I, in that book that I picked up on, which is habit changing. He talks about habits and that's how I think. In order to lead a fulfilled life, fulfill the life, a sat, uh, life of, of significance, you, we need to look at habits. How are these habits benefiting us? Right. Yeah. Um, so one thing I changed was no social media in the morning. I got my cell phone right here. I look at it first thing in the morning to see if anybody canceled on me. No cancel, no text. I close it. I get up, sit on the edge of my bed. I breathe a little bit. Roll my shoulders, start doing my morning routine. And that's the first step I'm doing. The next step maybe would be to change up and exercise in the morning. But now with my schedule, I kind of find that I uh, find other times for that. Yeah. But, you know, I found that I have more time to reflect and rushing. And I think when you're rushing, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get the garbage. I do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then your client that's showing up at 7.30, you're not in the mindset to be with that person because your brain is still catching up. Yes. So by the time you get to your client, you got to give your client, whoever you're working with, your full attention. You got to be, you know, uh, it's, and then one of the other things I learned, you know, impact, the T, tenacity, be all in, all in, like how, (laughs) you know, you got to be all in with your clients in the podcast, in a book, when you're talking to somebody. Like, I'm not looking at my phone. As you're talking to me, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not looking nope. around. You know, I, I'm, I'm also trying to block out the, you know, the kids screaming and playing, having fun right now as we talk. As also yeah, other I'll take that life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but you, you just kind of like think and so, and separate yourself. And if you can, if one thing I could tell, tell you is, Take a step back. See your life as a movie. Be the, don't, you are the superhero. You are the protagonist of your movie. Be the star of your movie. But you know how sometimes actors take a look back to see the scene? 
to check yes. on it? Do that. Evaluate. Take a time to pause and reflect. And then learn. Okay, I lost, I, I felt, had feelings of loneliness or I made an outburst. I screamed. You know, we do scream. It's, it's, you are allowed to express emotion. Yes. It's healthy. It's healthy to express emotion. But to a certain extent, there's a fine line between expressing emotion and going out of control, expressing chaos. Yeah. And so understand, okay, I was angry for this time. Now, if the anger persists for a long time, that's when I say take a step back and really, you know, even talk to somebody. But if you can catch the anger... You know, you. I learned, you know, through uh, my coaching certification, you have emotions, but you are not your emotions. You may have feelings of anger, but you are not anger. Because once you become anger, you're somebody else. You're something else. I feel like I just quote, I quoted Arrow. <laughs> if you watch that TV show. <laughs> I like that um, though. But yeah, uh, so, you know, I would have moments of anger, you know, with, you know, obviously once again, being a parent, sometimes there's some things. You're like, oh my gosh, why did you just do that? Water's all over the place, all over the hardwood floor. Take a step back. It's just water. Clean it up. All yeah. right. Um, and remember, try to put yourself in the other person's shoes, in the kid's shoes. Like, okay, how were you? And this is where I ask parents a lot or I think about it a lot. When parents get very, uh, how would I say it? Tough on their uptight. children. Uptight. Tough on their children. It's like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? What did you do when you were six or seven years old? Yeah. You know, they're learning. You got to teach them, but teach them well. Yes. You know, you went through the same things. Your parents taught you those things. And you want your children to be better than you. I grew up with the mindset in my, in, in my religion. Uh, I learned, because I went to a private uh, religious school, and we learned that you want to be better than your parents. You want to be better. You want your children to be better than you. And it's, it, it, can't, don't, don't you think that the, that reflects as well with your clients, yep. with your athletes? You want them to be better than you. You want yep. them to feel empowered to be the best versions of themselves. Same thing with my children. I want them to learn things, but I want them to be better than me. You know, my daughter's doing burpees at the age of seven. Heck, I didn't do burpees <laughs> at seven. I didn't do burpees until I was maybe 18 or 19. Yeah, but yeah. I was doing something called suicides back in basketball when I was in on team going back and forth. But to see that happen, you know, she, I don't know what's, you know, she's creating this mindset, this physical activity mindset. She's seeing us. She's using us as examples. People, kids are sponges. Even if you, the littlest thing, you say one thing that lasts maybe five seconds, guess what? It's going to be ingrained in their minds for the rest of their lives. Yeah. As to, has that moment back when I was eight years old in grade two, when someone, you know, when they pointed fingers at me and compared me to a T-Rex. Yeah. Yeah. You, you never really know what, what your actions or words are going to, to do or how they're going to truly impact somebody. Cause yeah, the smallest things, um, can seem really huge for someone else or, or the biggest things make the biggest impacts. And especially if it's, um, with a negative emotion attached to it, it's, um, can be hurtful and, and, and impactful for a really long time. And it's unfortunately, uh, us humans don't realize that, uh, we carry our emotions and, and our life and our and our feelings throughout our body um we aren't them but we do hold them within our our joints and our muscles and, and when we get tension in our back and stuff like that we can release our emotions through relaxing our body and massage and all that kind of stuff um i'm i want to get to um how the leadership um within your um your whole career um whether it's been through a leader that you've had or through your own uh leadership um how do you present that and what does a leader mean to you hmm. man we're going deep <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> I think I find doing making comparisons very easy to express an example. Think about a manager. 
uh, any company. I'm going to say manager. You have manager and you have a leader. Manager who some is someone who says, who clocks you, looks at what time you're coming in, gives you orders, gives you tasks. Doesn't really help you grow. A leader, on the other hand, would give you the tools, would ask you to rationalize what you just did, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Think about it. Have a conversation with you and help you grow and just show you the way. All right. And it will empower you. Managers will tell you what to do. Leaders will guide you so you can decide what to do. You can make your own choices. And um, when it comes to leadership, I um, when I be with people, no matter who it is, no matter if it's my family, my kids, my wife, my uh, my parents, my brother, you know, my colleagues, my friends. Yeah. Even random people I meet at the conferences uh-huh. off the street, the baristas at Starbucks. Yeah. Right? It's, I want to be able to give them the, the opportunity to discover that they're able, that they have the strength, that they have the potential to be the best version of themselves no matter what. That, Yes, you can listen to me. I will hear you. I will listen to you. I will understand you. I will try to understand you. And I'll give you the best information I can based on my own experience. But it's up to you. I'll remind you that it's up to you to make that choice. And if, and as a leader, when someone says to me, and especially when it comes to my fitness clients, yeah. Hey, I just lifted up. I, I actually have a client. He, he, after training, uh, last, it was last year, he was at a, a convention and he had this whole setup, this booth made out of wood. And he said, Joseph, you wouldn't believe what I did. I took this, you know, thanks to our training. I, I lifted it up over my head and launched it, did these swings and launched the piles of two by fours into the bin or whatever it was. And, and to, for him to feel empowered to do that, to be mindful of the form, his technique, in a functional space, in a day-to-day life, because that's what I pride myself on is that I'm not just also, you know, coaching beyond the reps, but I'm teaching you for, I'm preparing you for life. I'm helping yeah. you to live life fully, be functional. And for him to do that, that means a lot to me. For someone to message me in my podcast, to message me after and say, I have, you have helped me. You have fueled a fire in my heart. That means a lot. That means what I'm doing as a leader, that I mean, I, I means I'm on the right track. Yeah. And I see that as well. And you, and I, I, and this is how I see it in the industry, in the fitness industry. When I'm at the conferences, I know who are leaders and I know who uh, I could see who are leaders and I could see who are those who are just there to be there. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about the presenters. I'm talking about the delegates as well. Yeah. I'm talking about everybody. You know, if, you're having a conversation. There's no ego. And that's the thing. Let go of the ego. Keep your ego in check. In the book, um, Extreme Ownership, you know, yeah. by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Excellent read, by the way. It's a business book. I love yeah. the story. And once again, anything military, it's a great read. And he talks about checking the ego. When it comes to leadership, a lot of people uh, have a fear of getting their ego hit. Yeah. They want to be perceived as one who knows everything, one who yeah. can do it, one who's invincible. Whereas great leaders would say, hey, I made a mistake. Help me. Let's work together to fix it. Or if that's not the situation case, if you're, he's alone, a leader's alone, he or she's alone, let, uh, we'll sit down and look and how can I be better? Yes. From their mistakes rather than repeating the mistake. A leader believes in growth. A leader will lift people up for them to catch them. In the um, even John C. Maxwell, once again, in the book Leadership, he talks about the ladder, where you climb up the ladder, but you gotta make make sure there's the ladder underneath you or set up for that person. And climb, he's climbing up right behind you. Yeah. 
And then when you're at the top, maybe prepare a ladder for him to keep on going up. And yeah. a leader is not about being like, oh, I'm superior than you. A leader is about helping a person move forward, giving him that flashlight. Say, here's a flashlight. Walk through that dark hallway. It's up to you how you walk through it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yes. So you are in contact with a lot of great leaders who are leading you through a, an incredible journey. Um, I want to get a little bit more into um, how you transition from part-time uh, PT um, into taking it full-time because I know this story is extremely um, inspiring. It includes a impactful leader, Todd Durkin, and uh, so I want to know. Um, I want to know this story that really was like the the driving factor to to making a really big decision um, in becoming uh, full time in the fitness industry, which I am so glad that you did because um, it's definitely where you belong. Wow, <laughs> thank you. No, I mean it's uh, you know, I remember that day as if it was yesterday um, or last week. <laughs> Um, I was before August 2nd, 2018, I was at the office job at the software development company for two years, two and a half years already. And, um, as I mentioned, I was miserable, but then Stephanie gave me that third option. Yep. And that's what I did for a while. And I was growing, I was excelling. And I just had an awesome review, uh, that year, um, I was making a difference. August 1st, 2018, I moved into a brand new home. Brand new home. So August 2nd, I told my boss this, a new manager. I've had this manager now, the supervisor, for about four months at this point. Okay. Uh, and... August, I told him, I'm going to be late, August 2nd. I'm going to be late because I got to go update my address with the DMV uh, or Service Ontario for those of you living in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I know I was going to, he was going to be late. I show up at the office. I, I was 15 minutes later than I anticipated because I drove, then I forgot something. I drove off, then I forgot something at home, went back. I walk. Through, so you have your main corridor. I think I could picture it. The elevators go up to the main floor. Like we own the whole floor. We had the whole floor. Elevators go up. I'm walking through the glass doors, pass by the receptionist desk, and I turn left. There's still a hallway, and then I get yeah. to my section. That's when the then a few steps away, uh, you have the cubicles, and then down the hallway. I was walking, continued down to the cubicle section. My boss's desk was there. He saw me. I've never seen a man jump up as fast as he did from his cubicle. He jumped up before I was able to turn the corner where everybody would see me. Yeah. Before he stopped me, turned around, turned me around, and brought me to the room that was right behind me. That was the only conference room, the only meeting room that did not have any windows. And I knew from that point, like ninety percent certainty, what was going to happen. And what happened? I was laid off. Wow. I was laid off. And out of everybody, I had experience. I had, uh, I was a leader. I was mentoring people. Um, the experience I had with the, from the previous company was an asset for this company. And I felt like they weren't taking advantage of it. A little bit, you know, holding a grudge, maybe. Yeah, not, I was for a while. I was for a while. It took me a year to get over it, but like, I know I started getting comfortable with it, but I was like, okay, this is happening. I cried. I cried. I go to my car. In the parking lot, the underground parking yeah. structure, and I cried for 10 minutes before I called my wife to tell her what happened. And I explained to her whole situation. And but I what I did is, you know what? I have stuff that's pressing right now. Moving into a house, setting it up. We had or professional organizers, but and so I said, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do what the best I can. I went for a run. I helped out, did my best, contacted my lawyers and blah, blah, blah. You know, the yeah. whole spiel after a layoff. But 10, what I remember realized or what I remember that day is like, 
hey, hold on a sec. I have the conference in 10 days. I have the conference in 10 days. What am I going to do? So I still took time to reset, to recalibrate. Yep. Go to the conference with the goal of figuring out what direction am I going to take at this fork in the road? Am I going to go left and go be a business analyst at another company? Do something, maybe find a company that I uh, like working, I would like working at, like maybe Under Armour or Reebok or wherever it is, something related to yep. the industry, to the, the fitness world, or am I, or be miserable uh, at another company, or pursue fitness full time. I go to a conference, talk to Ken, you know, this is, this is uh, August 12th, roughly around that time, uh, 2018. Yep. You know, I see all the people, I share my story with Ken and Stephanie, you know, Stephanie was there, but everybody knew what was going on. Um, and, um, but then I remember the year before I attended a session called the uh, World versus the Canada versus the World Boot Camp, and you know you had different groups, different stations, each led by a presenter, and one of them was Todd Durkin. And I'm like, who's this crazy guy? Like you're going crazy. <laughs> he was awesome, and then he had a positive energy. Crazy, but we're all crazy. Heck, yeah, I, I can be crazy sometimes and silly. Um, I would share some stories offline if you want later. <laughs> I did back in university. Um, little things, but like, so, and then Patrick Savuri, a common friend of ours was, you know, kind of was following him as well. So I was talking to Patrick, like, should I attend one of his sessions? Like, yeah, you should, you should. And so and that, that conference 2018 and Saturday afternoon, I attended his impact bootcamp. Then he led, then he did like a, a Q and a after, but he talks the way Todd can only do is to calm you down, bring you, take you out of that fight or flight response that you went through throughout the whole workout and get your mind right get your mind right and and it was like a more of a meditative session and i felt something i'm like yeah. you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it so i raised my hand i said todd this is not a question but i just want to say thank you because i was laid off about 10 days ago and, you know, I'm terrified. I don't know what to do. I'm coming to this conference trying to figure out what to do with my life. And, you know, I like to think about is my children, my, my wife, my family, how are we going to live? Yep. On the table. But you have helped me hit that reset button. And I'm going to pursue fitness full time. And that's what happened. And even there's a YouTube video that he posted. And you can actually catch me. You can hear me in the background sharing my whole question and story. And, uh, it's, uh, and from then on, I just, you know, we, from the following that weekend started the family boot camp. did a family boot camp on Labor Day. Uh, right. that was Ken, Sergeant Ken did a pilot family boot camp that weekend. So that created an inspiration. So we did that. Um, through Susie's clients, my wife's clients, she, I got, I started working with the husbands and bit by bit it started working. And, you know, it just goal, we had a goal. It's like, okay, can I hit 30 hours? A week, 30 client hours a week. Um, I don't think I ever hit that. I was hitting about 24 on average. Created what was what is now called Tactical Fit, uh, which is a small group boot camp. The reason why I call it Tactical Fit because I'm a tactical fitness instructor. Um, yeah. But uh, started that, started off with a men's only class because she had the mommy classes. So I'm like, okay, well, let's do something for the dad. So I call it the man yeah. caves here. Then I saw there was a demand for uh co-ed so i created the inspiration series and then at one point i'm like i just scrapped everything all together and it's like guys we're all working out we're all working out all together um co-ed and now up to two years two and a half years later you know we're in covid19 everything's online i have created i have three classes a week a fourth one being piloted on the thursday on tuesday morning next week so uh, for whenever you're listening to this, this is a time of recording. So it's going to be July 21st at 7 a.m. will be the first morning tactical fit, early morning tactical fit. And and we're reaching out to people in the U.S. as well, which is amazing to that point. Um, my journey, I, I think it's a blessing in disguise that I got laid off because yes. I took I took charge. And yeah, feel sorry for yourself. You're in a period of mourning. You're going to go through depression, go through anger. You're going to go through denial. You're going to yeah. go through all the steps of grief. but what I want to tell your listeners is that it can't, it's not going to be handed to you. It's not going to be given to you. Tools are going to be given to you, inspiration, but it's up to you with what you're going to do with those tools and how are you going to use them? Because if I just sat, just, you know, sat there and felt sorry for myself, I wouldn't be where I am today. No. Nope. You know, I'm not saying I'm a celebrity. I'm not saying I'm this and that, but 
this internal satisfaction, the internal fulfillment of my, of, you know, of how I feel and that I'm fulfilling my purpose, you know, using yeah. my passion to fulfill my person. My passion is to lead and serve. And my purpose is to inspire and empower others. Yeah. And if, if I'm doing that, you know, I realized that back in basketball. I remember that back. There you guys have it. That was part one. I hope you enjoyed a little bit of Joseph's story. If you did and you want to be a part of the giveaway, I hope you guys listened in and heard the place that me and Joseph met. And if you didn't catch it, go back and listen. Because if you remember that and you DM me, the answer don't post it because i don't want everybody knowing it dm me the answer on either facebook or on instagram where joseph and i met you get one point entered into the draw now every point you get is one entry into the draw so there's a total of four entries you can get one is the place that joseph and i met dm me you can get a point by tagging joseph and i on instagram or facebook and that is at spark plug wellness or at coach of coach papa joseph or facebook is candace axford or joseph Cervati. and also sharing it with a friend and letting us know who you shared it with and the fourth and final one is when part two comes out and it's a little thing that you're going to have to listen into and dm us for your point i am so pumped i'm so fired up i cannot wait uh to give you guys this get your mind right book by todd durkin it's truly incredible it is a book of hands-on implementation implementations of ways to really help you move forward and become 1% better every single day while helping get your mind, body, soul, and everything right. And I cannot uh, be pumped enough to be able to share with you guys this book and uh, have Joseph, my good friend, to be a part of this giveaway. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you. And it is now time to go out and do something positive and be positive.